Welcome back to the Listen Up Podcast, where we analyze a new album each week. I'm Jamie, and this week we've got me, Nick. I'm a gummy bear. And Jordan. Little Kern on the beat, 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 beat. This week, we're going to be taking a look at The Nashville Sound by Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, released in 2017, and it was picked by Nick. Nick, why did you choose this album this week? Uh, because I'm going to see Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit uh, later this week. Oh, actually, this before this, um, it's Wednesday. Po- this episode comes out. Ah, uh, yes. But the, but next pod, I'll be sure to to give a concert review, which I'm sure will probably be a ten out of ten because it is uh, awesome. Uh, J- Jamie's hyped up their their live show for a long time. Um, Bro, he's he's wearing the shirt right now. I am. I'm oh, not pictured, but I'm wearing my uh, something more than free tour shirt I got when we went and saw him. Actually, I guess I saw that concert on a double date with my parents. Oh. Hell yeah. That's right, based. Dude. My It was 2015 or 2016. Uh, yeah, we went, uh, my high school girlfriend and then, and I. And, yeah, Vic. Uh, my parents went. No, not Vic. Not my, not my current fiance, my uh, ex-girlfriend. Um, yeah, we went and saw Jason Isbell. Uh, yeah. and yeah and I love that concert and I I was only like I had like inklings of getting into his music so like now that concert it would probably retroactively make it an 8 out of 10 and then be a 10 out of 10 because you can't hmm. be higher than a 10 you know, mathematically True. Uh, True. laws of math but actually I so real quick this album <laughs> I was I was trying to remember when it came out, because um, you know uh, I guess we'll get into it later on when we get into the tracks. But there's a song on this that's, uh, that's about a relationship, and I didn't really hit me as hard back then, but it hits me way harder now. Um, uh, but I was like, because I think sense. it was between relationships, and it was actually this album. The day that it came out is the day that Vic and I uh, started dating, June sixteenth, twenty seventeen. Oh, no way. So, uh, a little over four years ago. And it's also the same day that I told her I loved her. So, oh. those those two events happened on the same day. And then this album came out on the exact same day as that. So, I just, I, I, I couldn't remember that. I didn't remember. What, I was like, I know it came out in the spring. I thought it came out in like April or May. But no, it came out uh, June 16th. So. Interesting. Lots of fun facts with this album. Uh, it's also it's also an album that I forget how good it is. Like I enjoyed it when it came out, and then it's grown on me a lot after that. Uh, and I just, but I never, I never remember how much I like it. And then listening back to it, I was like, yeah, I know like every every word to this album, like every word to yeah. every song, every word, probably. I mean, yeah. I also I learned song lyrics really quickly. I know quite a lot of song lyrics. Uh, my brain just. Me too, actually. Does I just listened to the song over and over again. Mm-hmm. I guess it's because this music would be so hard for me to listen to over and over again of memorizing every single word that I'm like, you did that? 
<laughs> Bro, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna crack through that shell one day. Suddenly, you're gonna become a fan of Americana, and then your whole life is gonna change, Jordan. I don't know, dude. I don't know if that's ever gonna happen. Whoa, whoa. I think we you just think have Jordan to, can we, like sad music. We just whoa. have to help you discover emotion. I like soul. Juice World. Okay, that's sad music. That's like sad. I feel like it's music. I, I still say, see I feel like sh- it's like dramatic music. Exa- oh, I was I was literally about to say what? That's because you guys don't listen to it. That's definitely sad I was, music. I was literally. Though. I was. Well, it but, is, all, but, but also, there's a fair amount of Americana that can also be dramatic. It's true. So I was gonna say that Juice World makes music. Uh, a couple of the songs I do like, but for the most part, like I feel like if you sit and let's do like all of Juice World's music, you probably also put like uh, your thumb over your selfie camera on Snapchat and then put that on your story with like real ones know what's wrong or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I can maybe see that. We can't speak ill of the dead. Juice World does have no. Some, I mean, that's that's good, for the most part. That's for, for the most day. part. That's a joke. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. funny to play up things. But also, some True. people just don't pick up on bits, so sometimes you have to specify. Um, <laughs> you know, we're all about comedy on on these airwaves. So, Jason Isabel, Isbel, Isabel, nope, Isbel. Jason is he a is bell? bell? Is he Bell? No, he's now that I got Jason. this Bell. Ding. Jason, <laughs> Jason Taco Bell. Jason Nacho Fry Anime Ad Bell. Oh my gosh, the anime ad. It's so weird. Uh, but I'm if you guys are ready, I'm ready to get, to start digging into this one. Yeah, let's dig. Oh, oh, oh no. Uh I forgot. We we do the, the Jordan, what did you think of the album? Cursory. What what how did you oh. feel about it? Um is I Better oh, again, uh, not Would you put it above or below the last one we did way back when Southeastern? Oh gosh. I can't even remember, but I feel like above. I feel like I hated every album that you guys picked at the beginning. <laughs> so, you're, you're, not to be mean not or hated, anything, you know. But you, your scores reflect that they're definitely starting to get higher. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You're trending yeah. up. Uh, for reference, you gave Southeastern a four. Uh, I gave it a ten. Oh, <laughs> what, did you pick it though too? Okay. That I should have gave it a ten. You gave it a four. That album is eleventh overall because of Nick and I. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. Yeah. That album. Is I a guess I, I guess a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Again, it's just not my style of music. So I still figured you would have liked this one more though, because this one had like, you know, this one has like anxiety, Cumberland Gap, Molotov. It has, yeah. it has like southeastern is, I mean, it's mostly, like the most energetic. I was gonna say I do like, I do like Cumberland Gap. Okay. It's one of my, it's one of my more uh, favorite. But again, it was also one of the more fast paced though as well too. Right. What's, what what was your me and Nick were when we were shooting the shit before while you were making popcorn? Uh, what was what was your least favorite? What was your low point on the album? Uh, I don't know if I could. I don't know if I have like a. Usually when I I do albums, I just try to take away like my favorites, and if there's not like a standout least favorite. I don't have like like if there's just a song that's like so bad that I'm like wow that's like I just can't do this but um there wasn't like that song like I feel like most of them were still just like kind of even like all the songs that were kind of like uh like just just from the beginning like last of my kind is kind of slow and then Tupelo is still kind of slow um 
all of them starts like if we were vampires again sorry i was, I was going through them to i was i, I kind of forgot which ones were the slower ones at the beginning but uh, i don't know i don't i don't have like a word i don't have like a least favorite which which one do you guys think might would, would, would have been my least favorite i would have put money on chaos and clothes yeah i said either chaos and clothes or the last song uh something to love because something to love sounds like a little more bluegrass fused but chaos and clothes is very quiet and slow and yeah very yeah and like and the the message is is a little the the message is more abstract like seemingly than uh than if we were vampires so i I figured probably something to love dude I mean, I, oh, really? I'll say it. I I think that Chaos and Clothes might be my least favorite on the album. Oh yes, yeah. like it. Um, I like the second refrain in it. Lovers leave chaos and clothes, more debris than you can sort through in one go. You say love is hell, but it's the ghost of love that's made you such a mess. Oh. You're in a fight to the death, my I like the the lyricism of it. I mean, obviously it mm-hmm. goes without saying. I can say that for every song. Um the second refrain is good. I like the the message is interesting because it's so it's a bunch of references to Ryan Adams. And yeah. it's probably I didn't know written that. about Ryan Adams. I, I only knew that because and it's actually very cool. Uh, but my dad is also a fan of Ryan Adams' music. Um, he, and he's he's the one who turned me on to like the truckers and uh, Jason subsequently, uh-huh. and uh, he caught that the song a lot of it is references to Ryan Adams, like the Ferris wheel and the you all the monsters. Love is killed. hell. Love is hell. I mean, that's an obvious one because that's like yeah. Ryan's similar that, that's a, album. Yeah, that, that's a Ryan uh, Adams album. Uh, but a lot there's so there are a lot of references, and uh, I just thought it was like a breakup song, um, which it is, but more specifically about Ryan and his recent divorce and like. Maybe him falling back down the the path of uh, the wicked path. Um, but he actually caught it. that it's a reference to a lot. Like a lot of it are references to Ryan and his discography. Uh, within like the first couple of listens, he was like, I think this has to do with Ryan Adams. I hope Ryan's not like, you know, back on his benders and everything. Yeah. Which and then like, you know, a couple of years ago with the news and it's like, I don't know. It, it very, that's, that's definitely, Ryan Adams is one of like the classic examples of like, everyone knows he's an asshole and then like he makes good music but he like the reason he's around is purely because of music like he's just not a good person to like yeah. for by and large i think he's had his like, uh, ups and downs but he typically more down than up yeah i was reading some stuff about him i didn't know he was pretty close with um with jason whenever um in jason's earlier days like mm-hmm. pre-rehab days yeah, I read I read something at least that said Ryan Adams, like helped him get into rehab, and I was like, I think, oh, wow, I think usually you don't, yeah, usually him, you don't read anything redeeming about Ryan Adams. Yeah, but like, like yeah. Uh, I think I think him and uh, Jason's wife Amanda, who's who's yeah. a fucking world class musician in her own right, uh, with the high women and everything she's doing, a very badass. But yeah, him, uh, his second rehab stint that stuck. Uh, I think Ryan and Amanda were like the main driving factors uh, that got him to go back to rehab. And then that's what stuck and ultimately uh, got him out of the ditch. Um, True. Hmm. So, yeah. And so then when Ryan, I think when like his divorce, I think it was in 2016 uh, from Mandy Moore. It's just kind of this is the song is 
specifically about that, but abstractly, it's kind of about just a failed relationship and like ghosts of your past, lovers wise. Um, but the second refrain in it, I do leave. It's a uh, lovers leave chaos and clothes, more debris than you can sort through in one go. You say love is hell, but it's the ghost of love that's made you such a mess, which is uh, fascinating. I think I think that's a very uh, it's a bit poetic. It's talking about how like it's not love that causes pain whenever it's gone. It's you mm-hmm. know what's left behind in the absence of what was once there. The, true, true. The, the spectral form of uh love so i think it's cool much like everything else i mean like i said last time there are a thousand ways to say things and jason always says always chooses like the right one he's like fucking uh dr strange running through all the timelines he's like this this one will cut right to the bone um yeah um uh hearing him because i i i really struggled to figure out when i first got in like really got into Jason Isbell. I can't pinpoint it, but I remember the first time I really like took notice of like his music and like wanted to check him out more. I don't think I really dug into him, but was was when I saw his Tiny Desk concert mm. and uh, it was his performance of Chaos and Clothes. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, interesting. I was like, uh, like this guy, he's he's spitting some some crazy stuff right now <laughs> he's like everything he's saying like it, chaos and clothes molotov and i forget the other song that he sings yeah that but, tiny desk is actually funny because he messes up the first uh phrase in molotov and then yeah. like starts it again he's like yeah but it, and it's something so minor he said uh I actually wrote it down because it's funny but he says um in the start it says uh something something in a steamy in steamy september uh and in the tiny desk he says whatever whatever a steamy september instead of in steamy september and he was like let's let's restart that i messed up i messed up that word he said i spent so long on that he said i didn't know it was so long on that word and then i said the wrong damn one and then (laughs) (laughs) that's funny but But, uh i I think like uh along um Along with the song, it's really funny that uh, that I'm like a huge Dawes fan. Mm-hmm. Dawes is one of my favorite all-time bands. And Ryan Adams divorced from Mandy Moore in 2016. And now Mandy Moore is married to the lead singer of Dawes. And, okay, his name's Taylor Goldsmith. But there's a line in this song where Jason says, The man she chose to take your place turns his collar up to better, to better frame, frame his, his face. face right it sounds mm. a little like a roast to me man like it sounds a little i don't know like like it's like it seems like a not like a huge slight but it's just it sounds kind of like kind of like kind of trying to comfort someone a little bit by like picking on someone else yeah. in a conversation who's not there it's not like a huge drag but i just thought it was really funny that like i had this you know who's connection like the to the song of that yeah uh-huh. and um and someone said that on genius too like if you click on it it shows a picture of taylor goldsmith and mandy moore and uh and Oof. like Daw- and dawes and jason isbell have played in shows like together uh-huh. and stuff like there's no bad blood but right. i just thought it was i thought it was funny when i read that i was like i was like wait this song's about ryan adams and he's talking <laughs> about the guy that ryan adams wife left him for and that guy is is taylor 
but uh, and also right after that he says how you'd love to hate her but you just can't hate somebody you don't know mm. wild god i could i could I, yeah i don't i don't love this song like it's probably my least like i said low point in the album but i could still go like all day talking about like the lines in it um but you mentioned that you didn't like how the album started off slow with last of my kind right jordan mm-hmm. i love the tone that that song sets for the entire album uh I, i'm so glad that this is the opening track um because i also on jordan's face i know the the oh, utter the utter confusion because it, it sets oh, up unfocused camera. it sets up the idea of the whole album is talking about like the nashville sound which is um it originates harkening back to uh the transition from like honky talk sound in the 1940s 1950s with adding in some more smoothness from pop influences in the nashville country scene to kind of pop harmonies and stuff yeah to try to to try to modernize country and keep it you know commercially viable with the times Um, yeah and so that's where you hear the nashville sound and then there's also outlaw country which is that's the divergence so you have like willie nelson Wailing jennings uh all of that that's like the outlaw country and then you have the nashville sound which was the more popular country which i think probably has then found its way into um what became the 80s and 90s like travis tritt stuff like that and then kind of it keeps blossoming out but um there was like a divergence there and it's kind of like how you have like east coast and west coast sound rap there's like the nashville mm-hmm. sound and then there was like the outlaw country sound it's different now but that's nashville versus the u.s nashville versus <laughs> more like the though like westerner but not like no, all okay, the way okay. southwest rock because then you get into like country rock you get into the grateful dead the eagles Ooh. all that florida yeah. georgia line wait that is literally Wait, do you know where the most Florida eastern is? states Wait. in the U.S. are. Uh, <laughs> but, I'm saying their sound is still like that, even though they're called Florida. They're actually based out of Texas, Florida what? Georgia Line. No, I actually don't know. Oh, I was like, I mean, I, 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 just, I, I imagine they're grifters, so I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> that would be but uh, we we need to we need to call more people grifters. Um, that's a I don't even thing. know what that word means. Like a uh, like you're like you're. A grift is like a con, so they're like con people. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. But like less yeah, nefarious. Like an accurate word. Uh, Florida Georgia line. <laughs> but so Conning you the, into listening the whole to, the whole to album their music. <laughs> touches on different aspects of uh, country, whatever. Like the umbrella term of country, you've got like coal country with Cumberland Gap. You've got um, the bluegrass sound with a few tracks. You've got. Uh, you know, just like general country, like last of my kind kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But so I think it sets up a really good tone where it talks about, uh, am I the last of my kind? Like, am I the last person in this ever changing and evolving world? It's kind of the song touches on the feelings of uh, kind of being passed by by the by the evolving world around you. Um, mm-hmm and kind of in a despairing way kind of just in like a like a reflective way um but i I don't know i love the song but i also i I, it's also because i really feel like i i in my soul i feel the start of the song it starts off the album and it's the first verse it starts it says uh i couldn't be happy in the city at night you can't see the stars from the neon light sidewalks dirty and the rivers worse underground trains all run in reverse 
couldn't be happy in the city at night. You can't see the stars from neon light. Sidewalks dirty and the river's worse. Underground trains all run in reverse. Nobody here can dance like me. Everybody clapping on the one and the three of mine. The last of my kind. Am I? Uh, less so with the subway thing. I don't really know what that means. But, like, <laughs> I just increasingly i appreciate not being in a city i appreciate outside of cityness um you know living in living in raleigh is a small scale example but then it like mm-hmm. in denver it's like it also doesn't help i mean there is a lot of beauty Don't outside of the city i do live in denver and it's nice i really like it out here but i also i just really really miss uh foliage and lots of bird song and clean air and uh just a lot more like verdancy in my life. Um, but, and that's, and that's really why I loved like the area I used to live in Raleigh before moving out here, like the last year of school, just being out in the, in the woods, but still being like a, a five minute drive to shopping centers in Cary. And then a 10 minute drive mm-hmm. to downtown. That was like, literally couldn't get any better that to me. Oh, yeah. Um, so I just I, I, I every time that song starts more and more like as time goes on I just feel that so fucking much. Um, I was gonna say even just being even just being twenty two years old like I feel like there's cultural references that I already don't understand when I like get on Twitter or TikTok sometimes it's not <laughs> that often but it's like yeah it like every once in a while I'm like I don't understand the context of this meme or like of of this word like. Oh my god! I need to figure this out. I can't. I can't be this old, this young. Yeah. Uh, I'm way too young to be feeling old. I'm feeling this old. Fuck. Wait, what is that from again? Mac. It's off of um. Way too to be feeling. Oh, old. I'm thinking. I'm thinking of a different song entirely. Oh, it's off of Circles, the song I was referencing. Um. I can't remember which one, but it's really good. I feel like it's a Kanye song, also, right? I don't know. Oh no, 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 no! It's a it's it's a Drake song. Oh yeah, I don't know what that. Man, they treat me like a legend. Am I really this cold? I'm really too young to be feeling this old. Never heard. Nice, it. nice, nice. Uh, Over. <laughs> I know way too many people here right now that oh, I didn't that know. I've heard the chorus. Yeah. Who the last year? Who the, uh, y'all, I swear been like the last few nights we've been everywhere. Anyways, I'm going to stop. Jamie, just be like, I do not know that one. Jamie's a passion for staying. Cups to the bells. And then Nick cries in his bedroom. Marvin's room. Look what you've done. Wait. Headlines. I need to listen to Take Care. Take Care is great. Hotline Bling is a good song. It is. It, people people shit on it because it got played so much. But if you go back to it now, Hotline Bling is no, really Hotline, good. No, I still like that. I love it. I, I'll that guy on TikTok that's, it's like he reads the Twitter things and he's like, be careful, Ben. The day of reckoning is coming. <laughs> I do not know what It's that this is. dude doing like goofy read. It's like reading goofy tweets. And then like people stitch it with just like this cursed image. It's like oh. in black and white. And it's like. But there's so many of them. Like, and then I went to his like most recent video, and then every comment on that dude's actual recent video, it's like, "We're coming for you, Benjamin." And it's like, <laughs> turning the stitches off and the duets off isn't going to do anything. 
that's pretty funny. I'll show you guys that. It's, it's actually so funny. Did you but, guys uh, see that they turned off the duets on the Starbucks uh, Chance the Rapper? Yes, I saw, oh, I saw that. Okay, we got to get back to this because I have like a billion. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was but, really funny. So my last so thoughts bad. on Last of My Kind, other than it's one of my favorites on the album. Um, but also, musically, I enjoyed the whole song. But specifically, I love uh, the second chorus, like the sound of the second chorus. Um, mm. It's one of my favorite parts in the album where he says, uh, Mama says God won't give you too much to bear. That might be true in Arkansas, but I'm a long, long way from there. The last of my kind. Mama says God won't give you too much to bear. Might be true in Arkansas, but I'm a long, long way from there. And that whole world's an old and faded picture in my mind. Am I last of my kind? The way that he like holds out those notes and like, oh, love it. Um, also, I, I like the sentiment of the first chorus where it says, Daddy said the river would always lead me home, but the river can't yeah. take me back in time, and Daddy's dead and gone. Last of my kind. Daddy said the river would always lead me home, but the river can't take me back in time, and Daddy's dead and gone. And the family farm's a parking lot, the Walton's five and dying. Am I the last? Fuck. Like, if that doesn't already get you in, like, that kind of mood, you're like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You know, yeah. You can listen or you can hear, but you're not listening if you don't feel something. You know. <coughs> <coughs> Jordan, you're not uh, listening. You're hearing. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, also, I was gonna ask real quick. I'm just messing. Is and the 400 unit a collab on this album, or is so, that his band? So that's his band. They're not even his backing band. It's just his band. But sometimes it's just Jason Isbell. And then sometimes it's Isbel and the 400 unit. Like, Southeastern is Jason Isbel. That, that's what I thought. The 400 unit thought. plays the music. I, I So I'm honestly, I'm not sure why some are them and some aren't, but it makes it really hard because there's a This Is playlist for Jason Isbel, and there's a uh, This Is playlist for Jason Isbel and the 400 unit, and I want yeah. one that has both because, like, they're, they... they all his albums have great songs. I want on uh, this. I was about to say that would be. Uh, that, that would but be the four hundred unit, they actually their namesake comes from a mental institution in near where Jason grew up in Alabama, called the four hundred oh. unit, and that's where they the name just comes from. That I think they literally just like maybe saw a sign or something. Were like that's cool. Interesting. But that's that's where that comes from. But yeah, that's just his. Uh, it's just his band. Chad Gamble, Derry Devorha. Uh, Jimbo Sadler Hart, Vaden. Sadler Vaden, and uh, whenever she's not touring doing her own shit, Amanda Pearl Shires, his wife on the fiddle. Good people. Good people. One, uh, one of my favorite albums by them is a live album of theirs that's incredible. Um, Agreed. That's besides the point. Uh, but yeah, so have you, you said you... Have you, said, have you heard his cover of Into the Mystic? Yes. Very good. Mm-hmm. Love it. The mystic Listen to it nuts. in the shower. This morning. <laughs> uh, there's yeah. another one that's on this. His pl- I, I know it from his This Is playlist. There's another one that's really good. Um, 
His cover of New York Minute's pretty good. I don't think I know that. Poncho and Lefty's really good. Poncho and Lefty's well, I, uh, so uh, New York Minute. I'm pretty sure is Billy Joel originally, mm. um, but his cover's really good. But then there's another one that's uh, like something about when your last dollar's spent. I don't remember that. It's on his This Is playlist. There's some good ones. Um, but Jordan, you said you like Cumberland Gap, right? Uh, yeah, it's one assumed, of my more I you would. attractive pieces on the uh, it. Uh, Album. I, I, it auto my my text auto corrected and I don't know what I originally wrote here, but it makes no sense what I said. Um, but I really like it because it it's so the whole album is talking about the Nashville sound and the different uh, like changing perspectives that are encompassing it, and one of them is the influences of coal country. Um, and so that's coal what country? this song's about. Yeah, the, coal the, Kushna country. Oh, no, uh, like like uh, <laughs> coal mining. Like West Virginia, uh, Ohio, the Cumberland Gap. That's that's the area right there in in the Ohio River Valley that all the most of the coal in America comes from. Um, interesting. But I like how you start off the albums in such a like acoustic way, and then this one just starts out with like just angry guitar and like mm-hmm. eat, like the whole the whole song all the way through. It, you really feel the anger that the song is meant to convey. I do like the guitar in this one. It, it just a it little went, distorted, a little distorted. Yeah, yeah, but like a like a good amount of distortion where it's like still country adjacent, but it's like fucking mad yeah. about it. It's mad about yeah. the coal, like being trapped in the Cumberland Gap, trapped under like the thumb of coal companies. Trapped where, in the Cumberland Gap, where coal companies don't pay their employees and money; they pay them in company points, which is then how you buy food at the company store. Mm. Jason Isabel being a millionaire, rapping about. I mean, singing about coal. I don't think they still do that. Do no, that that was that was that was the thing. They I, I think now like everyone's pretty much agreed that that's like immoral and illegal. I was going to say, like, like, there's like, no way. Like, like, Seventies and eighties though, that that was how they did it. I mean, that's how they that's how you keep people broken in your job in that kind of environment. How else are you going to get them to stay? I heard a uh, I heard Sturgill talk about that. Talk about his mm-hmm. his grandpa being in that. It's crazy. It's like the it's like steroid levels of like how they can under how you can underpay waitresses uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean I, I, like so the song like the song starts off there's an answer here if i look hard enough there's a reason why i always reach for the harder stuff it wasn't my daddy's way he was down on the mines all day i know he wanted more than mouths to feed and bills to pay there's an answer here if i look hard enough there's a reason why Like the whole the so Jason writes a lot of songs. He's not the main character in his songs. A lot of times, some of them are like Southeastern. That's a lot of it are him. But in something like this, like it's talking about the perpetuation of how like people stay broke and angry at their lives 
But then they're so broke that they can't leave or they're tied down to their small town for a different reason. I mean, it talks about like his daddy was the coal miner, but he's just stuck here and he's mad. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, I, okay, so first off, I learned the word amphibole Me from too. the song. Never going to use it. No, amphibole. So in the bridge. I thought that's what I said, no? Oh, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell what you said. It kind of distorted there. Um, Amphibole. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a mineral. It's like a shiny mineral that you would see in a coal mine. I'd never heard it before, and I didn't even know what he said there. That was always one of those situations where he just makes sounds because you don't know the word. Uh, yeah, and I found that when looking at the lyrics. So, learn something. Um, but like the the third verse is like the bet. It nails. It really drives home the point of the whole thing. Uh, like it. So the the lyrics first off are I thought about moving away, but what would my mama say? I'm all that she has left, and I'm with her every day. As soon as the sun goes down, I find my way to the Mustang Lounge. And if you don't sit facing the window, you could be in any town. So it's, it's just talking about how, like, it starts off in, in seven lines. It already covers, I'm trapped here because of family ties. I don't want to disappoint my family, so I'm going to perpetuate uh-huh. the cycle. But I'm mad about it. And then going turning to vices to, like, mentally escape the, like, self-imposing anguish you're in. Which, yeah, like, in seven, in seven fucking lines, he covers why people stay in small towns, how bad it sucks, and why they have such high rates of substance and like spousal or domestic abuse in those areas. Cause people are so mad about the state in their lives that they turn to whatever as a relief. Like in seven, it's crazy in seven lines. He covers all of that, it, yeah, that but it really... doesn't feel too heavy. Like it feels light. Um, and yeah, and then, and then the instrumentation is just great where it's just like fucking angry the whole time. <sighs> Jordan's growing. Sorry, I was being angry. I was being angry. We're getting Cumberland angry. Gap. No, Cumberland Gap was one of my highlights mm-hmm. on the album. Yeah, it's a good Again, one. Again, it grew on me in time. Don't love the style. Don't don't love the style that much. Still, I got you. At, at, that was one of the ones where, like, I was expecting sort of the whole thing to sound like Last of My Kind. So when the album first came out, I was like. What the hell? This is kind of weird, but it's grown on me. Yeah. Time. Like I really like it now. That's also a, mm-hmm. that's also a high point for me. Uh, but then he goes from that transitions back into the immediately shifts gears and back into like the country with Tupelo, which is a great yeah. song. Tupelo Honeypot. Mm-hmm. Same namesake, Tupelo. Shout out the two seven zero two seven six zero three. I think it's Oklahoma. The song is about like escapism from like the the problems facing you right now, like envisioning a better, uh, just a better life. Like the the chorus is, if I get out of this hole, I'm going to Tupelo. There's a girl out there who will treat me fair. Mm. Get about a week of spring and the summer is blistering. There ain't no one from here that'll follow me there. No, there ain't no one that'll follow me from here. There's a girl down there 
It's about like I'm going through some shit right now, you know, I'm down in the hole, but there's a there's a an I- idealistic uh better place that I'll be in, you know, when I get out. Uh, which is it's good to have hope, but you also have to face the problems at hand. So it's kind of it also touches on like the idea of, you know, false hope in those situations. Um, mm-hmm. It's know. always it's all life. It's always been one of my favorites. It's a good one. That's one of the ones that I'll listen to like just queue up if I'm yeah. in the right mood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't even quantify it. Like I think it's just like the signature guitar riff and how he sings along with it in the chorus. I've I've realized so that yeah, I've I've realized that I've I'm definitely a more musically influenced like music listener mm-hmm. than than a lyrical um Okay. Like listeners. I thought like you were I, just saying you're a music influence of music. I was like, what? <laughs> because I, I, I do. I love lyrics, and that's one of the reasons I love Jason Isbell and Dawes and like yeah. Bahamas and like people like that. But it takes me longer to get lyrics than it does just hearing the music and like feeling the music. I mean, that and makes was, sense to me. It it was sure. something. It was something that was harder to articulate before we started this podcast and before I like really dug into all different kinds of music and even learn just uh, learning just a little bit about music theory it makes it easier to to say like oh yeah i'm definitely drawn to songs by just the way the instruments Mm -hmm. sounds and the arrangement of of sounds versus like yeah the actual words that are happening like the the sound of a singer's voice versus what they're actually saying I mean, music is the language of the soul, and music theory is the uh, human speaking language that we attribute to describe those feelings. So I, I definitely, I get that. Like learning a little bit of music theory, you can really articulate. You know, you're just building that vocabulary where you can isolate. Yeah. Like, I like this. Here's what it's called. My little dumb dumb monkey brain is gonna file that in the right cabinet drawer. Dumb <laughs> so, yeah, dumb monkey brain. I, dude, everything I do, I blame it on dumb dumb monkey brain. Uh, a little dumb, stupid dumb, brain. But yeah, and, 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 and Tupelo, Tupelo is great from both a lyric and just like feel standpoint. Yeah. That's a lot of a lot of. I mean, the like the solo in it is another simple solo that's just exactly what the song needs. Like it's just a little break, nothing flashy. It it continues mostly the themes that are going on in the melody throughout the song. It's just it's yeah. all about the feel of the track. And, and so the other thing I like about the song is from an album structure standpoint, uh, I like that it's a good standalone track and it's got like the non-specific quote unquote hole that's, that the yeah. protagonist is getting out of. But it also, in the album order, immediately follows the song Cumberland Gap, which 
is about coal country and the whole course of that song is swallowing you maybe the cumberland cumberland gap just swallows you whole making it a very literal sense following that song i have to think that was intentional like this could also yeah, be getting out of of getting out of the hole you're being swallowed in by like the small town trap that you're in so yeah. I, I think that's just very good album structure i always i always like to look for that yeah um, it definitely can and that's be. something you only... i never thought of it that mm-hmm. way yeah i didn't really have it until really looking at the track list this yeah. week and that's that's always something I, I enjoy because as as we've done the podcast more and more and more i've just thought about albums as like standalone entire pieces of art mm-hmm. and so i like to think of them like how a movie like how different scenes fit into each other and see if there's you know really good albums to me have a through thread like that um yeah but yeah i i think that that's really that's just a really cool thing that i didn't pick up on until this week so i definitely wanted to wanted to highlight that <laughs> um What'd y'all think about White Man's World? <laughs> I was gonna let you go, Nick. I, I just wanted to. I, I was waiting out Jordan. I was gonna see if he would say anything, but uh, I almost. I but then I was like, Nah, I don't know. <laughs> I um, didn't. I, I didn't get to dissect the lyrics as much as I wanted to. This was one of the songs that I wanted. I, I honestly just forgot. I forgot to, because this one seems like it'd be a little bit uh, charged, you know. But yeah, it's why don't you go ahead charged. and. I feel like it's. Why, one why don't the, you go ahead and and give us give us the, the give us the tin four on the uh, white man's world. <laughs> I feel like it's one of the one of the most in your face songs on the album for sure. I, I was reading um, an interview that he did about um, about the song, and he was saying that he feels like his fan base, a lot of people in his fan base, listen to a lot of different kinds of music because his music kind of blends different genres together and he feels like he's in a unique spot to where if those people are already open-minded maybe like maybe if they don't think what he really thinks about these like socio-political issues that he's singing about in the song maybe he can influence them in the form of of a song of the in this song specifically and because because this song is like super like uh i would say politically charged it's it's like politically charged but it's also just like socially charged and like like it would be very easy for someone to label it as like some some like liberal like anthem but it's really just Mm -hmm. coming from a place of like frustration and empathy to me him singing about his his wife and his daughter not having like the same equal opportunities he has and also singing mm-hmm. about like singing about feeling guilty about not standing up for like for like other people when he should have like minorities specifically when he says like uh let me find it so i don't misquote it you're probably quoting the verse four is the most yeah, yeah. is the most i like yeah when he says i'm a white man yeah he says i'm a white man looking in a black man's eyes Wishing I'd never been one of the guys who pretended not to hear another white man's joke. Oh, the times ain't forgotten.
It's like it's like holding based country. <laughs> based country? Like he's he's holding himself accountable while also like explaining this message to other people and that's something that always convicts me as a listener is when someone can admit their own mistakes and they're not preaching from a high place of power or something. Sure, he's yeah. a musician who has like plenty of money and like lives a comfortable life but he yeah like he does a different kind of labor to get there it's not like hard back-breaking work but i couldn't write anything like this in like 40 years (laughs) and 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 something he, he says time and time again in any interview where people ask him they're like you're like a you're like a like a liberal country guy and he's like yeah you know he says he, he constantly says especially more and more after he had so this album came out right after he had his first kid his only kid um, okay is her name mercy yeah <laughs> yeah have mercy uh, on me <laughs> so him and amanda had their kid and that's really so this is where he, he talks about that in this song but then also later on in the album and in subsequent songs as he's made since then but he said he said in multiple interviews. One of my favorite interviews he's ever done is with the author and like Professor George Saunders. I don't know if you guys have heard his name. Um, I know that he's kind of he's kind of famous. He he writes like historical things and and teaches classes. I don't remember where. Uh, but GQ don't know. has an has a fifty four minute interview of George Saunders asking Jason questions. Um, it's a great interview. I highly recommend anyone check it out if you want to like just love this guy. Um, but. he said i'm trying to remember exactly what he said but he said like the essence of it is you know like people say you have this platform you're you're one of the like the wealthy whatevers but he said you know i feel like yes i've amassed this following through lots of hard work and you know pain and shit but if i don't you know if i don't use my voice to speak for those who don't have one then i shouldn't be doing anything in the public eye like i'm wasting my time so if you if you follow him on Twitter and stuff, he I mean he's just as as adamant there. Like he he recently came out uh, his his band. He said I'm not performing anywhere unless like like no one I'm not performing at shows unless it's required for everyone to provide a COVID test result and like a vaccine. Oh like, dang! Proof. And yeah, people are all right. up in arms about it. And he's like, if you can't do this, then I don't want you at my show. Like. If you don't care about your neighbor enough, I don't want you in my fan base. And he said that. He said that in the past where people have asked him, like, Damn when he first fuck. started being – I mean, he was with the drive-by truckers who were, like, militantly left-wing. Yes. Always have been. <laughs> Incredibly left-wing. But they're also just drunk and rowdy southern bar rock for the most part. So a lot of their fan base are the same people who unironically love Fortunate Son for, like, July 4th holidays, barbecues, and shit like that. And people asked him, so when he started on his own stuff, you know, making white man's world and just speaking out more on Twitter and stuff, being more socially active, uh, people would ask him, they're like, are you not worried about like alienating like part of your fan base? He's like, if I'm like, if there are people who listen to my music and then hear me say things or, or me sticking up for like the disenfranchised and like those who don't have voices and they feel yeah. like they don't want to listen to my music. I don't want their money. That's like blood money. As far as I care. Like, I don't want, Dang. I don't want racist dollars at my shows. He's like, and I think that most of my fans who he said, by and large, it's the vocal minority who are like 
those people. He said, yeah. like, for the most part, you know, I just, I would rather have people at my shows who aren't racist or like homophobic <laughs> or xenophobic or, or whatever. He's like, I don't want their money. Like I've, I've gotten to a point where I'm successful enough. I'm comfortable enough to where I don't need to worry about that. So I don't want those fuckers in my show. Like, sorry, I'm being mean to country music people. Yeah. And, and it's, it, their levels saying all country. Yeah. Music so, is racist. so this, this, so I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm so, kidding. <laughs> so that's the thing. That, like, like the, with, with the, I, just, whole, I, I love the, this song. The, yeah. And I, um, like something like, uh, I love the, the lyrics and the message of the song and the chorus, like, uh, especially is like oh, what yeah. I live by. Like, um, I, I'm, I'm going to say it specifically, but it's, it's, there's no such thing as someone else's war. Your creature comforts aren't the only thing worth fighting for. You're still breathing. It's not too late. We're all carrying one big burden, sharing one fate. There's no such thing as someone else's war. Your creature comforts are the only things worth fighting for. Still breathing, it's not too late. We're all carrying one red bird, sharing one I mean, this was back in 2017, and I feel like since then, that message has just only ever become more and more and more poignant, as like, at least in America. Um, it just True. like so everything is so charged. Although, like the fact that a deadly virus has somehow become a political issue, we're fucking doomed, mm-hmm. bro. Like, <laughs> doomed. Kind of are, bro. Like the end times. Lie. So I mean, like more and more. That's just it, it, like I like I feel like society like societal issues shouldn't be they're apolitical. Like, isn't yeah. the whole idea of everyone, regardless of like all morality in essence is like help each other whether it be any sort of organized religion or it be just yeah if you're non-religious and you don't want to be a fucking dickhead you should just always want to help your fellow person regardless of you know anything so I, I like just more and more i love the chorus to the song yeah true jame <laughs> it has it, it has like i i feel like i used to not like the i guess the sound of it like i was talking about before like i or maybe i thought it was I didn't think it was on the nose. Like it, it was, I think I was coming from a point where I was like, I agree with these things. Like, like, uh, I don't like, it's not like I don't need to be reminded. Like, I don't know. It just, the song didn't like hit for me for a long time, but I, but I enjoyed a lot more than I used to. I get that. If you're in, if you feel like you're in the right mindset, which I think we can all grow and evolve, you know, but if you think, if you perceive yourself in the right mindset, it is very heavy-handed, so I could see, mm-hmm. b- like, being of the persuasion of, like, okay, yeah, like, I got that <laughs> yes. already. So I, I get agree. what you mean. I, 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 and it was the same thing as Cumberland Gap, where it definitely has grown on me in time. Like, yeah. the first sound. Because it also, it's not, like, hard rock, but it picks up compared mm-hmm. to Tupelo. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, it definitely grew on me. Um, and I get what you mean, because for stuff like that... I think I even had like that that bullshit knee jerk like I'm already woke mentality, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. especially like last June, like last May and June, with like with mm. the the really rise of just you know just putting all of even more systemic racism just on display in America. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, okay, yeah, like I'm already 
I'm already woke, but like even then, there's still a you know, lots of things to unpack. So I yeah. can see that. I can see that mentality for sure. Mm-hmm. There's there's always room to grow. It's a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. If you're not getting better a little bit every day, what's the point? Exactly. True. And there's 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 nothing wrong with a little reminder. Exactly. You gotta. Uh, what is it? Regular show. The f- the first step to getting or no, it's Adventure Time. The first step to getting kind of good at something is sucking at something or something. <laughs> True. We can Doing all be better, good. you know. Uh-huh. Um, can all be better. But yeah, so so this one grew on me, and another one that has also grown on me exponentially in time is if we were vampires. Me too, honestly. Because I I used to like it and now I like I really love it and I did, I had no idea it was like dramatically his biggest song. Oh, miss album? Oh yeah. Oh well, yeah. Well, it this has like is... it has more streams than like any of his other songs. But like, well, this one blew I, the fuck up. Yeah, I'm not sure about Cover Me Up, but it's like I feel like Cover Me Up is his most famous song, but this one has 80 million streams on Spotify, and that's. Like seventy-five million more than like any of the other top songs by the four hundred unit. I know this one. I think this one got radio play. It's it's also okay. a big reason why this one got so big. I think I think it yeah. got radio play. Um, I feel like I feel like this one sounds a lot like uh, chaos and clothes a little bit though, uh-huh. which is why I was like, which is why I was like, why, why don't you like chaos and clothes as much? Is it the lyrics or is it the a little bit of both? Mood of the song, a little bit okay. of both. This one's this one's a little bit different uh from a musical standpoint it's and it's more you have to know the nuances of the genre to feel it a little bit more like on the surface level they're very similar but they're very okay. different songs um and the nuance of the genre no. but the big one for me <laughs> this song is huge we don't understand drill you don't understand americana uh, yeah we, we, all have, we all have spots to to grow in that's and that's what the point of this podcast is is to help uh <laughs> true educate in an entertaining true, true, manner true, true. uh but this one this song is like like two, like 40 tons heavy to me like this song mm-hmm. is crazy um and it's it's one and i fell into the trap when this album came out as a lot of people do where i'm like man this is such a sad song but it's not it's a beautiful song about like hope and thankfulness and and that was something that i, I really had to I mean, I just had to. I just had to mature as a person, honestly, to, to honestly, get what yeah, this song means more. To to me, it's like a like it feels it feels sad, but it inspires a feeling of gratefulness for like for every for like all the moments that it mentions. It it this song hits so heavy, and I couldn't even imagine if I was like, okay, so to explain this, so the song. It sounds sad, but it is actually a uh, a very. It's a song about living a life and growing with another person. Like it's like I guess a marriage song, I guess. Yeah. Um, another great one, uh, if you haven't heard it, is Flagship off of something more than free. But that's we'll do that album sometime. Um, <laughs> but Sorry, so so this song started off as like a like a sad song to me, but it, it, then I, then I've realized that it's not. It's so it starts out saying surface things like it's not the long flowing dress that you're in it's not the light bouncing on. like it's not the things that it just starts off saying it's not the things that initially attracted to a person you know they're looking hot they're looking bad in the moonlight they're, they're in a long pretty gown you know they're looking bad uh, in i mean he moonlight. even says it's not it's not the way that you talk me back from the ledge like how talking to his wife amanda how she saved his life by making him go to rehab instead of like you know dying from alcoholism um 
he's saying it's not that. And then the course is, it's the it. I, I gotta look up the actual word because it's it's beautiful poetry. Uh, it's knowing that this can't go on forever. Likely one of us will have to spend some days alone. Maybe we'll get forty years together, but one day I'll be gone. One day you'll be gone. It's knowing that this can't go on forever. Likely one of us will have to spend some days alone. Maybe we'll get 40 years together, but one day I'll be gone, or one day you'll be gone. Like, holy shit. That's crazy. Heavy. It's And so then it goes on. And I, I really love the second verse. Is some of my favorite lyrics on the album. If we were vampires and death was a joke. We'd go out on the sidewalk in the snow And laugh at all the lovers and their plans I wouldn't feel the need to hold your hand Maybe time running out is a gift I'll work hard till the end of my shift And give you every second I can find Hope it isn't me who's left behind. It's knowing that this can't go on. Um, but it's if we were vampires and death was a joke, we'd go out on the sidewalk and smoke, laugh at all the lovers and their plans. I wouldn't feel the need to hold your hand. Maybe time running out is a gift. I'll work hard till the end of my shift and give you every second I can find and hope it isn't me who's left behind. Which is crazy. Like, the the message alone regardless of how you word that is so heavy talking about like it's not the surface things that are the substance to what a relationship should be and what a fulfilling relationship is but rather it's the fact that uh, you don't have forever to be together so you really yeah. the fact that time runs out means that uh you in a in a good environment you feel compelled to make the most of what you're given uh dude and just the because so death is a thing i wrestle with that's i used like used to have like i guess panic in hindsight they were panic attacks. and in this like, corner death <laughs> the challenger jamie beamgar yeah, will be like, going head death no like there was like a a, a point a, like a, a a core memory in my mind is oh gosh like being Inside in biology out. in like sophomore year of high school and just thinking about how even if we solve death, ultimately the sun's going to destroy the universe. So no matter what, there is a finite end. And I like couldn't breathe. I had I was like, yeah, I got to go to the bathroom. But I just I just walked down the hallway a bunch for like five minutes and was like, I, so that was like the first time. And then it happens like it honestly happens a lot in like when I'm taking a shower. Suddenly my brain's like, you're going to die, bitch. There's an end Oof. no matter what. And then I freak out. Um Imagine, yeah, imagine if our, our high school biology teacher walked out of the classroom and like saw you pacing down the hallway, and he's like, "No, no, Jamie, what's wrong?" And you're like, "I'm, I'm gonna die." I uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, he wouldn't it know what to so do. It was so sudden, so bro. But yeah, and so, so that that alone is enough to make this song really resonate with me because the last lines. So this song, it started out. I was like, okay. 
you know, it's a sad song. I like sad songs because I'm a senior in high school with a lot of angst, whatever. And now yeah, yeah, I come yeah. at it. I love it from a different angle where, you know, as I've had the last four and some change years to grow with Vic and then, you know, we're getting married crazy. We're getting married <laughs> in relatively soon. True. I'm going to have an really act. Like married a to a girl, dude. Family and shit. And so it's like, as I've grown, I've grown so much in our relationship alone. And so it's like, this song really just really hits home. I couldn't imagine what it would feel like to be like 30 years from now in a marriage. Like be like 60 with your partner. But I mean, because even now it's like the the idea of uh, working hard to, you know, working hard to give them a, a good life. Like I feel that I'm just now starting to be able to contribute with a, a full-time job. And, you know, just the idea of uh, give you every second I can find and hope it isn't me who's left, who's left behind, like selfishly wanting to die first because you don't want to have to live on life beyond the partner that you're with. Like that shit hits me every fucking time. Deeper than like 90% of all lyrics that I've ever heard. Like that, that line alone is enough to like, Oh, so I was gonna say, imagine one of you has to die first, too. You right, know? dude. It, yeah, it stays on your mental, bro. It, that like, that's scary, dude. That's mm-hmm. scary. Um, and you know, we, we cover and joke and be like, "Oh, I'm gonna date this person when you die." So that's like a joke, but it's like that's like a wait, what? It's like a joke, just to like use comedy. You're gonna say to, I get a date. Well, wait, like yeah. a I just don't even know the joke you're talking. Is what he said. Yeah, yeah, like between the two, because it's but but I mean that and that that is using comedy to cover like the heavy universal truth of like death, um, and so this song like it's completely transformed. It's done like an entire one eighty since the first this album first came out for me, but it's it's a great track. I just I can't cue it up all the time like Tupelo or Last of My Kind or something because if it catches me in like the right mood, it's immediate like tears to the eye. Like, it's crazy. Oh. Um, and so that's, Nick, you said someone danced to it at their wedding, right? Yeah. <laughs> for, and from, from a lyrical, there. poetic standpoint, that makes sense to me. But I couldn't do it because I would just immediately have this, like, soul-crushing feeling if it caught me wrong. Where I'd be yeah. like, yeah, I don't know. It just, this one always hits so hard for me. And, and I, more so every time I listen to it. I hadn't listened to the song in months. And, uh, like... Uh, it was it was last week before we recorded the last episode. I was just like drying dishes after I made dinner, just listening to the album, and um, <laughs> I was just singing along because I knew like most of the words to all the songs, and I was singing along to "If We Were Vampires" and uh, the um, it was the second verse. That, that's my favorite part of the song too, where he says, uh, um, "It's like the, if we were vampires and death was a joke, we'd go out on the sidewalk and smoke, laugh at all the lovers and their plans." And uh, I was just singing, like, I wouldn't feel the need to hold your hand. And, like, my voice cracked a little bit. And I was like, wait, am I, like, like, am I, like, about to cry? Like, what is going to happen? I didn't, I I didn't, I didn't, like, cry, but I was like, what, like, I'm, I'm in my subconscious feels right now. I didn't even realize this was happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm telling you that this is one of those songs. It's just built different. If it catches you right, it's like a fucking, like, blindside right hook like it's crazy yeah. how immediate this this shit can hit you um but like i was saying how i used to have panic attacks about death and stuff that <laughs> feeds right into the next song which is anxiety on the album True. Uh, <laughs> anxiety which 
which when this is another one when the album first came out i wasn't huge on it but it's like it's really grown on me i actually i I enjoy listening to it a lot now um i mean just starting off with that like how if we were vampires is a super low-key song and then starting off this song with just that like super loud guitar squeal that goes into really heavy instrumentation it immediately lets you know it's like this is a different song we've moved on (laughs) we're in a different mood now But even even with that, like the first verse, that shit just it it, it really does hit me because, um, it, so the the or it's not the first verse. It starts off with the chorus, but it's a uh, how do you uh, anxiety? How do you always get the best of me? I'm out here living in a fantasy and I can't enjoy a goddamn thing. Uh, anxiety. Why am I never where I'm supposed to be? Even with my lover sleeping close to me, I'm wide awake and I'm in pain. Anxiety. How do you always get the best of me? I'm out here living in a fantasy. I can't enjoy a goddamn thing. Anxiety. Why am I? I didn't really have so so especially moving out here and then after like the first part where jobs weren't working out and I was like in in disparity of like fuck like why like I went to school for four years and they constantly were like you'll be so marketable you'll be so marketable but if you leave mm-hmm. RTP it it gets a lot less marketable apparently i guess um but yeah so it's like stuff wasn't panning out and then it was just like you know we just have times where i'm like in one hand it's only been a month people wait like years to get jobs on the other hand i mentally was going to have a job when i moved out here and i you know so i so i had a lot of like stress and you know freaking out and I, yeah. and once again, in hindsight, like mild panic attacks, I guess, in the shower, or I just be like, suddenly I'd be like, I have no money, Jeez. and I, I, like, have, like, what the fuck am I doing? Oh, um, and so that that part hits home for me, you know. Living, I mean, Vic's got you know a great setup out here, and so it's like we're living a good life out here, and we got like Leo, and it's all it's all good. But I just would also have that just random bouts of like freaking out for like five to ten minutes, and then just having to be yeah. Like, Okay. Chill. Oh. Uh Aww, I'm sorry, yeah, so so that the the first verse really relates to me. Like I feel that a lot now. Um but I also like the the musical structure of the song where it's like it starts off super super loud and then it for the most of the the meat of the song, it's you you know, you've relaxed and you're chill. And then it ends, you think you're done and it's back and it's like that's kind of like how anxiety works. You know, it's it's not a constant uh, it's a constant thing it's a it ebbs and flows right and so i think the song mm-hmm. uh i learned it from cole kushner's new podcast uh texture cole painting Kushner. where the either the lyricism reflects the song or 
the musicality reflects the subject matter of the song and that's that's what this one does very well um i think my favorite musical point on it though is uh it's in the second verse it kind of splits into half where he says uh i don't remember what he says before but he says give me a minute because i'm way down in it i can't breathe so i can't speak but so that musical part where like the instrumentation cuts out there yeah really says give me a minute it's the weight of the world but it's nothing at all Cause I'm way down in it And I can't breathe so I can't speak I wanna be strong and steady Always ready now I feel so small I feel so weak Anxiety And then it's like You know it's like he's telling life stressors Like hold up (laughs) Wait a minute Gotta fix this Move on Uh, Yeah so I, I was that part always really I really like that part of the song. Yeah, I really relate with uh, right before that when he says it's the weight of the world, but it's nothing at all. Like, I don't know. I like a uh, like I, I'm I'm a semi anxious person. I'd say like uh, like socially anxious, I guess. But like, oh Nikki. But like I, I think about it, and there's there's no reason for it. And it's it's hard to pinpoint it, like, but like like it's nothing at all. But it's also it's 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 strange and like difficult to describe. But it's just it just feels like 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 it's there, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it it, it just shows that you know the texture painting and then the lyricism. It shows that it's not a uh, you know it's not a binary experience. It's it's not mm-hmm. you know full on full off. It's it's something that it, I mean it ebbs and flows. It's it's I think it's just part of the human experience. Once you once you get past the dumb dumb monkey brain of like I literally have to hunt or I will die. Once you have time to like have idle time, Were you, you can, you can get in some pretty uh, dark spaces with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's just interesting. Um, yeah, and when, you can look at the was... influences of social media and how oh. being ever connected can influence oh. it. it's a it's all thing. But yeah. Hey, whoa, whoa. There's no direct linkage that you can make there, so it's obviously not true, Jamie. Oh, okay. you're right. I'm so silly. We're the most connected we've ever been. How can we be the most alone we've ever been? Am I right? <laughs> 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 I've seen the movie Her and I don't believe it. Dude, I'd love to have sorry, a robot Sorry, girlfriend. I saw Inside in theaters, so I can speak on this. Inside? Which one is Inside? Is about? The Bo Burnham special. Oh, yes, yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. I was thinking I'm about... Uh, what's that? What's the, the indie game? game? <laughs> oh, uh, Inside, inside Out. Inside Out. Yeah. I coincidentally I also saw that today. in theaters. I did Dude, that see that was a good movie. Too. That was a good movie. It, it was fucking sad, though. This is a... <laughs> What's it was a Bond Bond? No, Bing, Bing Bong. Bing Bong. Dude, yes, I literally said, g- go back and listen to this episode again. I said Bing Bong earlier whenever when you I were talking. Yes, I said, yeah, because that's said, Bing yeah. Bong. No. <laughs> I think Nick was started talking after that. I was like, yeah. Bing Bong. No. Dude, that. that I, don't, I don't think, I don't God, think anybody heard me, though. So. Oh, that movie's so sad, too. 
Bro, the look in his eyes. Oh, God. I didn't even think he Bing knows. Bong was he the knows. saddest part. That, that wasn't the part that made me cry. The part that made oh, me cry is, like, like, seeing, like, kids, like, like the evolution of life and thinking back to, like, uh, just... When you had a small baby kid, Bray? No, missing, like, nostalgic mm-hmm. times, like... Eh, like I said, anything with death and evolution of time really fucks with me, all right? And that movie did it. It does. Uh, I want to see Soul still. I haven't seen it. Oh, it's so good. Oh, you got to see Soul. It's so good. Um, Musical Pixar? And it's beautiful. That movie Sign is That movie is one of the most beautiful things I've seen, like art-wise, in years. It is so good. Watch Dude, it on a good That didn't TV. hit me as hard because I think people overhyped it and then I was like looking too hard for it. it it's I wouldn't say it's as like heartstring pulley as other ones are like other Pixar movies but I just loved like people say the story was think, really though. good it makes you think and then like the the visuals of it are fucking incredible dude uh, see, I don't think you've seen the latest beautiful movie, The Suicide Squad by James Gunn. <laughs> oh. I haven't. No. I, I no. actually do want to see it. It's supposed to be way it better. It actually than does look pretty decent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but back to, back, back to this but, song. But good. Uh, oh, this actually touches on why Inside uh, really fucked with me. In Molotov, the next song on the album, it mentioned earlier. Um, I gotta pull up the. I don't want to butcher the words. But it's the the second verse is my favorite part of it. Uh, time flies when you're making the song's about settling down, you know, being yeah. wanting to be someone who's like, you know, living life. Uh, talks about broke promise to myself. The chorus is I broke the promise to myself to ride the throttle till the wheels came off, burn out like a Molotov in the night sky. I broke a promise to myself, made a couple to a brown eyed girl who rode with me through the meat owned world. I broke a promise to myself. Uh, brown eyed girl huh maybe maybe it's a reference to van morrison um but yeah so so that's the course of it but verse the second verse is time flies when you're making babies do you this the lines that i love are do you miss your little black mercedes do you miss the girl you once had time to be time flies when you're making babies Mercedes, do you miss the girl you once had time to be? That that line right there, uh, it, it goes on talking about just hoping that it'll be cut in, the listeners here. But the important part, that line, do you miss the girl you once had time to be? Replace girl with like whatever you identify as as a child. Like that line alone I saw someone uh, in Genius, someone in the comments of the song, they said, that line is quietly devastating. And I was like, that is an excellent way to phrase that. Or maybe it was on the tiny desk on YouTube or whatever, because I watched that in preparation for this too. But like that alone just nails the feeling of wistfulness for quote unquote glory days of youth, wishing you had the free time and that you could capitalize on now. 
the the longing for it, the fact that you don't have that as an adult, you have all the money and no time to use it. Like yeah. that line alone is fucking crazy from a songwriting standpoint. I think it's I think it's one of one of his like perfect lines where it it conveys all of the emotion, but it's also not super heavy or dense. It's so simple and yet like you could tell that line was workshop the fuck out of it. Like that that mm-hmm. was not a first thought on paper. That was that was a just final draft version. Like that alone is what that's that's like why I like this song so much. That verse right there is really what what sells this song for me. That was a I didn't have many notes about that song. Yeah. That was a that I was didn't take main... any notes about. Do what? Sorry, I was just saying I didn't take a lot of notes about uh Molotov. I got you. Yeah, that was um Merlet. Merlative. That was a uh, that that was my main takeaway from the from the song too, Jamie. That that was like um one of the main lines I remembered from the tiny desk and it was a it was a big one for sure. For but sure. That's, that's that's a that's a home run line. That is a <laughs> heavyweight line. Uh yeah, and we we never talked about chaos and clothes. I didn't have any notes from it. Oh yeah. Um but but I also uh, chaos and clothes. So then moving down on this, hope the high road is also another high point. It's one of my favorites on the album. Um, I love I love how it starts out. It, it's it, once again it's a line that conveys, I mean, just so concisely. Or it's, I guess it's a couplet, but it conveys just so concisely the wisdom that that can only come with growing up and maturing, especially if you live in a small town. Kind of once you're a senior in high school, you know whether it's so cliche but like you think that you're like top dog or whatever regardless of, like i was a very meek person but like senior year i was like fuck it i'm just living life right now yeah um like the summer of senior year uh, boy don't try to catch me with the shooters yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but so the the song starts out i used to think that this was my town what a stupid thing to think I used to think that this was my town. What a stupid thing to think. I hear you biting off a breakdown. I myself am on the brain. I used to want to be a real man. I don't know what that even means. Now I just want you in my arms again. And we can search each other's dreams. Like, that's so funny. And yet it nails that idea of, like, I was just a dumbass kid, bro. Like mm-hmm. you ain't big, bro. You ain't shit. Um, you ain't. And so bro. I think I think that on, once man. again, that's just it nails the, the. It's the wisdom that can only come from growing and maturing, right? Uh, yeah. And and so I've always loved that. That was one of my. I think that's one of the the lines that my dad picked up early when the album came out. I was like, that's pretty funny. Uh, but but then he says, <laughs> you know, I hear you're fighting off a breakdown. I myself am on the brink. I used to want to be a real man. I don't even know what that means. Uh, now I just want you in my arms again. We can search each other's dreams. But it's mostly like, I was a dumb kid. I hear you're going through some shit. Me too, bro. You know. Yeah. I I, I don't, I'm lost in life now because of, you know, realizing the preconceived notions. Uh, same thing uh, that Led Zeppelin touches on in... I think it's communication breakdown. Moby it's either Dick. communication. No, 
<laughs> it's either that's a occasion that's a three minute uh, drum solo song. No, it's not. It's uh, but it's it's also on Zeppelin <laughs> one. Oh my god, I can't believe I'm blanking on this. What's Bro, the other fake fan? Good times, bad times. Um, it's like lightning elevator or something. <laughs> what? Oh, stairway to heaven. Okay, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see where you're going with that. <laughs> Halo elevator. Um, no, that's 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 Beyonce, dude. That's yeah, Beyonce. in good times, bad times, it starts out. In the days of my youth, I was told what it means to be a man. Now I've reached that age. I've tried all those things. No matter how I try, I find my way into the same old jam. Uh, but it's the same sentiment. Fifty or sixty years earlier, fifty, fifty years. You earlier. say it's the same cinnamon. Sentiment. <laughs> what kind? Oh, what kind of cinnamon you eat, bro? Nutmeg. What kind of sentimenty? Nutmeg. What? One of my one of my favorite lines in the song, maybe on the album, is when he says, um, "I used to want to be a real man. I don't know what that even means." Because mm-hmm. because I I picture kind of him as like like a real man, like someone who unapologetically like speaks what they believe and like backs it up with yeah. intelligent thought and like who yeah. isn't Even just like saying like i don't fucking know what i'm doing yeah yeah uh-huh like yeah. uh it's like it's it's just like owning up to your insecurities and like yeah. being comfortable with who you are is like being a real man that was that was mm. one of my favorite things i've i think i've learned over uh albeit a very easy and short 20 almost 22 years of life is the fact that like every adult everyone's just making it up as we go like you can you can take in all the resources and do all the you know reading and planning you want no one knows what the fuck's going on you could go to any job and everyone like day by day is like we're all faking it till we make it that's just what life is comprised of. That's that's all adulthood is and so like that was a lesson that i'm i'm very glad that i learned early on where i was like why am I worried about asking someone a question? They also don't know what's going on. <laughs> that was also a lesson that I, I self-taught whenever being in like service industry jobs and people ask you yeah. shit and I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just going to say an answer that is going to get them to like believe me. Like I don't, I don't <laughs> fucking know. So I just assume everyone's kind of yes, doing that. Yes, ma'am, the ranch is in the back. I was going to say, Jordan, yeah. Jordan at, the, the at the drive-thru. Dude, the, <laughs> the dairy. I promise yes, I'm I mean, not we're, lying we're, to you. And that's why like, I also don't get mad if people don't know answers in, in like public spaces because we're all making it up. Like, I, like Life is way easier if you're not a fucking moron and you just kind of understand that. You know, we're all dumb, <laughs> but just don't be stupid Trump. about being dumb. I don't know if that makes sense. Don't that be makes stupid. Sense. Don't, don't be stupid about being dumb. I like it. That should that should be on our next merch shirt. Merch Writing shirt. that down right now. <laughs> don't what? Don't be stupid about being dumb. Yep. There we go. All right, that's going on there. Look for that at interestpointproductions.com. dot <laughs> uh, But yeah, I don't. I don't think I have much more to say about this song. Oh, oh, my neighbor. I, so, okay, then I'll, I'll make my last point on it. Uh, I love the second verse because it's an Easter egg for Jason's discography. Uh, so his debut album, not, I think it was between rehab stints. I think it was post the first one that didn't stick, but pre the second one that stuck. Um, but it was his first debut album, kind of. He wrote really some of the best songs for the truckers. Some of the best songs he's ever written, I think, were Goddamn Lonely Love and Outfit and Decoration Day. They're all 
classics, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but his se- his debut solo album was a very like if you listen to it, especially compared to his newer stuff, disparaged album called Sirens of the Ditch, and the song is about uh, you know the siren, the folklore siren is you know a beautiful creature that allures sailors to their doom. So he's he's singing these grand songs about his life mm-hmm. in the moment. But ultimately, it's a facade, and he's leading people to, like, misery loves company, right? Uh, so that's what Sirens of the Ditch is. It's it's luring people into the ditch. We're down on the sinkhole. That's a different trucker song. Uh, but it's, you know, just bringing someone down on your level because you feel bad and hate yourself. You want others to be on your level so that you can feel better than them. Um, but so there's a line in, in the second verse of this song, which I love. But it's a, I've heard enough of the white man's blues. I've sang enough about myself. So if you're looking for some bad news, you can find it somewhere else. Last year was a son of a bitch, literally meaning 2016, where I don't know if y'all remember, but like, you know, Prince, Leonard Cohen, uh, just like a bunch of famous people died in 2016. So literally that's what he's meaning. But also you could reflect that to just in an abstract manner. You know, last year was a hell of a year. Uh, for nearly everyone who knew, but I ain't fighting with you down in the ditch. I'll meet you up here on the road. I heard enough of the white man's blues. I've sang enough about myself. So if you're looking for some bad news, then you can find it somewhere else. Last year was the son of a bitch for nearly everyone we know. But I ain't fighting with you down in the ditch. I'll meet you up here on the road. I've always, I don't know this, but I've always interpreted that line to be a callback to literally a decade before of being in such a bad place that like back in the day with that album, I wanted people to join me in my turmoil, but now I've gotten out and I'm not dealing with that ditch anymore. I want to help you elevate yourself to get out of that hole and meet me up here on the high road. And the, yeah. and then the course is I hope the highway leaves you home again. So that's what I've always thought of that, and I just I love that like a callback, maybe unintentional. I have to think intentional with how with how intentional everything this guy does is. I have to think yeah. that that's like an Easter egg for either the true fans or just not even true fans, but just people who've like followed his life. Like I think, and or even maybe he's writing that to his past self. I don't know, but I just I love how that's just such a a really cool one-off line that if you read deeper it's like the mcu it's like <laughs> it's really cool one-off but if you go a step further it's really fucking cool yeah, um, so yeah. I've, I've always loved that verse and that line both from the sentiment that it brings and also how it's like a you know it's just like an easter egg i guess on the album uh, i got you it's just really cool though yeah and then uh my last my last thoughts on on the album would be I just I love something you love I think it's a great bluegrassy way to wrap up the album after he's gone over such an up at like a lot of valleys with this one but he ends on a similar note as he starts it with, um, but it's okay. Once again, I'm gonna bring up Macklemore on this podcast. Oh, makes the Radiohead guy. I've realized I'm apparently the Macklemore guy. Um, what guy am I? What guy am I? But so so this the song oh, oh, is this is the uh, first album following his daughter. Awkward. He didn't want to answer the question. What'd you say? I said, "What guy am I? What guy am I?" 
I guess you're the pop smoke guy. Yeah, he's my Um, but so so this is the first album following the birth of his daughter, and so I I said every album, but he's only technically put out reunions, which also ha- ends on a song about his daughter, as as a from a parental standpoint, which is yeah. very sad as well. That one hits me home, and I don't even have kids yet. Uh, <laughs> It'd be like that, but so it but this song has very similar vibes to the song "Growing Up." On Macklemore's sophomore project, this unruly mess I've made, talking about it's just a fatherly advice to his kid. You know, like these are the lessons I've learned in life. I'm passing it on. Um, I think my my favorite by Sturgill Simpson. Yeah, another great one. Um, But this, so I love the third verse on the song. I'll cut it in right now before I before I start moving. and then there's that the bluegrass instrumental that right follows it. I love it, um, but it was pointed out on Genius, and it, and then when it was pointed out, it was immediately one of those things where it's like, I guess I thought this, I just hadn't actualized it yet. But this is kind of a spiritual successor, and really interesting once again to see the growth of someone in their career. Uh, one of his yeah. breakout hits was a song he wrote for the Drive By Truckers called Outfit, which is an immaculate song like that song is great um actually side note i wanted to get the chorus to that song tattooed on me and i still might do it at some point i think uh because it's it's great it's if you if you read beyond the literal words and just get the underlying message phenomenal Mm -hmm. uh mantra to live by um but one of the things that my dad and I have always bonded over, even from me being an early age, was music. And so uh, he was what really got me into Jason Isbell and then the Drive-By Trucker senior year of high school. Uh, and then in his – and it's actually like, you know, how parents give you like a letter or some like written like send-off whenever – at least me, both my parents didn't did that when I went to college. Um, yeah. I but can totally relate to that. He, but, so it's – so – our family is kind of weird where we're not like super touchy feely and super emotive. Like we all know that we love each other, but we don't constantly. And now we're at a point where we, I try and actively say like, I love you whenever I hang up the phone to my parents and stuff. Uh, but that's Uh just the thing that's came in hindsight. But like at the time it was like, you know, we always have had good relationships, but it wasn't like a super, uh, emotive relationship. So then like, I mean, when both my parents gave me like very heartfelt written things, like those things stick with you. Right. Um, and he actually, he ended his, like, what he told me about, like, when I went out of college, he ended it with the, like, by writing, like, the last, he sent an email, which is, like, a digital letter. So he sent, he ended his letter with just the last paragraph was the chorus to that song, and that has just always stuck with me. Because um, the song is about uh, Jason's dad giving him his advice when he was going off into the world. And then now, it's I find it interesting that Jason is ending uh he's ending this album with the he's now that dad passing on advice to his child and i think it's just Mm -hmm. so cool to see like that's outfit came out i think it was 2003 2002 2003 and so now like you know 14 years later he's doing that like he's creating that song again from his standpoint i just i love to I, i think it's so cool to see that uh that growth in an artist yeah i think it's so cool And I think that wraps up my very long notes for the album. 
I had, I had quite a lot I wanted to say. This album, it was way more to me than I thought it was at the start of the week. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't open up a can of worms. I opened up a, uh, I don't know, a can of uh, Jamie's inner emotions. For, for yeah, yeah I, I guess I got I got really uh, expose on this shit. You know, I talked about how I used to have panic attacks about death and how I think about in my marriage, one of us has to die first. And then I talked about uh, what my dad wrote me on my send off to adulthood. So true. Aww. Damn. Apparently, this one covers a lot. <laughs> true. Well, I'm, I'm glad. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm glad you could have a deeper appreciation for it. I'm uh do what? I even I even just bumped up We're the score a little so bit much more. Oh. Ooh. Then I just bumped it down a little bit more. <laughs> oh, getting... Do we have our first Savage. sub three Zero. rating? <laughs> um, no. Yeah, okay, so I guess uh yeah. do, do you guys have any final thoughts before we rate it? I don't think so. I'll just say that something to love is um has like almost flipped around and become one of my favorite songs on the album. I think because of its bluegrass nature and also like uh, him reminiscing about his childhood and also just like talking to his daughter and like also like Amanda sing like singing back in vocals while they're like singing to their daughter. It's just uh-huh. it's, it's very heartfelt. But uh, yeah, that's even that's even another layer to it. Like how I was talking about outfit started Jason solo with his dad's advice. Now he's. It's literally him, and then also, you know, it's f- it's both parents coming together. It's a very good song. I highly recommend listening to it if you haven't heard it before. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll pop off my rating. Okay, yeah, yeah. All right. You, uh, you start it, and then Jordan, and then I'll go because I choose next week. Yep. Sure, 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 sure. I'm a, I'm gonna pop off with a, with a, a solid, a solid nine. Because I because I, I do like like uh, I love Jason Isbell as an artist and this isn't even one of my favorite albums by him. Bro, I love him as a man too. Let's let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. But uh but uh yeah, it, it's like like I it it's crazy that this isn't even one of my favorite albums by him and I still know right? all, like all the songs on it. Yeah. But yeah, nine's nine's definitely solid rating. Uh, I okay. pass the mic to you, Jordan. So, yeah, Jordan, what are you, what are you gonna what are you gonna give it? What's the verdict? I'm gonna give this bad boy a four and a half. <laughs> okay, more than southeast. That, that is, it gets a half a point more than southeast. <laughs> Understandable. I, you know, I, I think it's not my similar. genre, yeah. dude. I just couldn't, I couldn't listen to any of these songs probably again. Or like I could listen to him again, but like not like I don't think I'd enjoy it that much. Right. I could. Uh, I thought sucks, about but... picking a, a Turnpike Troubadours album, but I don't. I think it would make your brain melt, Jordan, with the amount of fiddle that, would, that they have. That would be yeah. That would be even more into that. Dude, we'll do we'll do Old Crow Medicine Show. Maybe sometime. I like Maybe. fiddle. You know? Oh god, you don't you don't you don't you don't know me, dude. Medicine like Show I like is great. Never went down to Georgia. He was looking for soul to steal. That's Charlie Daniels' band, and that we could do, but you would be surprised at how not country they are, Jordan. Well, that's probably why I like them, honestly. Yeah, he says "son of a bitch" in that song. <laughs> it's racy. Rising up and bowing. Charlie, tell him what he's done. 
Johnny rolling up the bone, playing with little hoes. Guys, that's what you say. All right, sorry, sorry, Jamie, Jamie. What's, so, your, what's, your, what's your. I'm going to give this album. I was going to give it a nine. I'm going to give it a 9.25. Oh, okay. I, mean, I, I, I bumped it up a quarter. I originally. So, it's funny. When Nick said he was going to do this album, when he announced it last week, I uh-huh. was thinking, that's a solid eight. Uh, and then. When uh, upon further inspection on the song, I was like, man, or of this album, I was like, man, I like this a lot more than I thought I did. <laughs> like all the high points to me, I realized that I thought that it was more mixed with high points and low points, but it's not like it's, it's very, but it, like you were saying, I can't, I already gave Southeastern a 10 and he's got some other 10s in my mind and we'll get to that. Don't worry. But uh, yeah, this one, I still, I think. The really the only reason it's not a ten for me is chaos and clothes. Like I just I've never <laughs> okay. I've never right. been huge on it. I don't know why. It just interesting. Okay. It okay. doesn't you know it doesn't do it for me. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't know. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna rock with a nine point two five, which brings us to an average of seven point five eight, uh, which brings it to sixteenth overall, sandwiched nicely between half the city. And yay, and the new abnormal at seven. Okay. Yay. So, uh, for reference, Southeastern was tied at eleventh, uh, so that was a little bit higher. But you know, Jordan scored a higher, me and Nate scored a little lower. You know, but sure, I mean, sure, to be, sure. I think Jason still, at least as of the George Saunders interview, so like twenty eighteen, he said that Elephant is the best song he's ever written, which I oh, would yeah. say on Southeastern, which I would say it's hard. The, they're, they're I don't know if I can songs. name a better one. There are a few songs that rival it, and I think it's one of my favorite songs written <laughs> ever, like of any song. Uh, mm. I also love "Cover Me Up," but you know that's I talked about that last time. It's the perfect love song, not Morgan Wallen. Fuck him, uh, <laughs> Jason. Uh, but so next week, as much as much as it, I really wanted. To really short juice. What? What? Short what did he say? As much, what did he say? As much as I wanted to make Jordan just really hate us, I wanted to do a double header, but I'm not. I'm not doing another Isbell album. Oh, God. Uh, Good, dude. What? That'd have been too hard. <laughs> we are, we are, we'll, we'll save it. Don't worry. We'll get their audience. Um, we're actually going to do, I, and then I had a different song in, or a different album in mind. But we're actually, I had a, a an impromptu change of heart before we started. We're going to be doing the album After Laughter by Paramore. Oh, okay. Which is from, depending on the Paramore fan, spits in the face of what Paramore stands for. Oof. Uh, but I love it. I think it's a great album. Um. It's one, that looks cool. it's one that I forget about. And then like a song from it comes on the queue and I'm like, Oh yeah, this album exists. Uh, <laughs> it it's kind of a this was one where they really switched up their sound and people were like, "Yo, what the fuck?" <laughs> uh, but it's, I like it. Yo, this ain't so, Paramount. Um, yeah, we're gonna be doing that next week. We'll see how that goes. Get some more female centric music in here. You know, true, true. Nice. Get a diversify. 
And honestly, I don't know the last time I listened to all of the songs on this album. So this is kind of an Igor situation for me. I know like four songs that I really like. Um, oh, okay. So we see how it goes. But I thought, fuck it. Why not, right? Nice Nice Uh So then, really quick lightning round of, uh, yeah, sorry, audience. This one's a little long. <laughs> Boo-hoo. Really long. Every Isbel album's going to be really long. Got a lot to say. <laughs> me, me and Jordan are just going to start reacting. Next time we do a Isbel album, we're, we're not going to make a single note. And we're just going to keep <laughs> reacting to what you're saying. Jamie. Yo, Jamie, that's crazy. <laughs> go, 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 crazy. Whoa, did uh, you say you so... were sad about death? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so Lightning Round, still listening to a lot of Blonde. I throw that on mm. a lot. I don't know why. I don't know what Whoop. that says about me. Contact uh, better and then just kind of, I let's do a few albums here and there to, to to double check what I wanted to do next. And then I just said fuck it and chose one I thought of five minutes before we started. So, oh, nice. there's that. Another vibe. Uh, obviously, quite a lot of Jason Isbell, uh, and then also a lot of podcasts. I've been doing like Uber Eats in the meantime until uh, I start a full time gig. Um, and I don't know, I like music a lot, but I found that I'm just a I'm now one of the podcast on the drive persons. I'm I'm no longer like rarely am I like music on the drives like oh, yeah, drives true. like that like short drives obviously but I'm I'm a big podcast while driving guy now so quite a lot of those got you I got you go off Jordan come on Sh- tell us what you got come on I really just been listening to the same thing as last week I really haven't found any new music this week sadly um, but I guess that's just been a lot of. Uh, I listened to Pop Smoke's first album just all the way through again a couple times while I was on vacation. Um, I was also on vacation, so I didn't get a lot of time to like listen to new music. I just kind of listened to you the old stuff that was downloaded already. But uh, a lot of Pop Smoke still. I found out I was like top 4%, I think, of Pop Smoke right now. So, you know. Lil Flex, Lil Flex. Don't mean to flex too hard, but... Uh... <laughs> Other than that, I've been listening to a lot of just stuff out of New York still. A lot of New York-based rappers. I just really like the sound coming out of there right now. So. Got you. Yeah. I've, uh, uh, I'm coming around to the new Bleachers album. I liked it first listen, but I, I'm, I'm liking it even more now. I um, think I'm going to get back into the Claro album pretty soon. I watched some YouTube videos with her and uh, Jack Antonoff oh, talking nice. about it. Um, we'll see. Uh, the the weekend's new single, "Take My Breath," good, like a like a R and B like dance banger. Um, uh-huh. And strange enough, I've been listening to some Randy Newman this week. the The guy who did the Toy Story soundtrack, he um, interesting. He he <clears throat> he has a lot a lot of like old satirical piano music, like uh, yeah. like Ben Folds or something like that. Um, actually, like pretty much just like Ben Folds, but like 30 years before. So it's, right. uh, it's been interesting. Interesting. That's, I wouldn't have expected that. I'm, I'm eclectic. <laughs> it's true. He's what can eclectic. I say? My, my Except brain is welcome? just, my brain is just so big and wrinkly. Oh, wrinkly. Is so eclecticism a sign of a wrinkly brain? Yeah. It's a sign of is it intelligence? enormous intelligence. Okay, okay. Of, of un- unsurpassed <laughs> intelligence, intellect. Well, on the mention of Nick's wrinkly brain, 
we just want to say thanks again for listening this week and remember to tune in next week where we'll be taking a look at After Laughter by Paramore. I almost messed up the title. Uh, be sure to listen to it as much as you want so that you can have your own thoughts and mentally join in the discussion with us, per se, while we uh, you know, talk about the album. Uh, if you want to actually join in the discussion, you can throw a comment about your thoughts on this week's episode on YouTube or Instagram, or uh, you can also tweet them at us. We're on Twitter at at ListUpPodcast, and we're on Instagram at ListenUpPod. Sorry they're not the same thing. Uh, and th- but those accounts, as well as our personal handles, are going to be in the description of wherever you found this episode. Uh, make sure to follow one or both of them, should you feel so inclined. Uh, then you can see any updates or announcement we make, because that's where we announce things. Um, you know, also, if you enjoy the episode and feel like we've earned it, if you wanted to throw a rating or review our way on your respective platform, uh, it would be appreciated. Uh, and, you know, once again, remember to check out the show merch we've got. You can find it at the socials. Uh, but other than that, for now, we'll catch you next week. And remember to listen up. Listen up.